Um, I'm going to invite um, Gary to come and uh, give the word, but I'm going to just do a reading before we get to that point um, and then pray for Gary as he comes up. So this reading, if you want to follow along, I think will be, oh, look, it's miraculously appeared. Fantastic. Uh, it's from 1 John uh, chapter 4, and we're reading verses 15 to 21 from the UK New International Version. So 1 John 4, 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have the confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. May God bless the reading of his word to us. Amen. Amen. As Gary comes to, to bring the word now, may you anoint him, Father, with your Holy Spirit that the words he, he says may be your words and that they're the words that uh, we're supposed to hear. Bless him as he speaks. Give him joy as he brings the message in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Nick. <clears throat> and you've actually very kindly set me up for next week because next week is joy. Hey! <laughs> this week is love. At the risk of spilling wax. I'm just going to bring this forward so that this becomes a little bit of a focus for us. Week one of Advent. I love Advent. Advent is a time of preparation. There's two types of preparation, aren't there? One is preparing for the coming of Jesus, and the other is the preparation for Christmas. I'm not sure I like the preparation for Christmas. Oh, I love the preparation of preparing for God because I don't like the jobs that come with the Christmas. <laughs> We read from scripture, and I'll remind us, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they live in God. Now that's, for me, is a really exciting reminder of a bit of scripture. So we're going to unpack that a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more today. And it then goes on. This is how love is made complete 
among us. This morning, as we begin the season of Advent, we have that special reminder of that, um, the season of expectation, the season of preparation, the season for the preparation of coming of our Saviour. The season that reminds us of God's rescue plan for the world continued. We've been sharing with school assemblies every week, God's rescue plan continued. And we unpack another story along the way. But this is more about God's rescue plan for us. And with the coming of Jesus, it brought with it an outrageous way of living. It brought with it an outrageous way that Jesus would love us as his disciples both then and now today. He shows us the way we are to model and live out that outrageous way of loving each other and the people that we encounter every day. Today is about God's love for us, the way that he loves us and how his desire is that we love him back. I love the way that God sees things. I love the way that God thinks about things. Here's the issue. I think many of us, we've grown up in a world around us, and a world around us is pretty negative normally. I would recognise myself naturally as a person that is normally with a glass half empty. But you see, I've come to the realisation in my journey with Jesus that it's not how God made me. And I constantly have to fight against the negative feelings and the emotions. And actually sometimes physically step into affirmations and encouragements and reminders about who God made me to be. There's an inherent negativity in our culture, in our society, in the world around us. We're in the world and we tend to get shaped by the world. But you see, we can see this so evidently, that the world isn't the, uh, the centre of the problem-solving universe. Far from it. We're pretty naff at solving the world's problems. But hey, heaven is. Heaven is the centre of the problem-solving universe because there are no problems in heaven. Jesus is used to dealing with problems because the Trinity only ever sees something as a possibility. 
So when my glass is half full, the Trinity, their glass is not only full, but it's full and overflowing. It's overflowing with opportunities and uh, possibilities and solutions to every single problem. And when Jesus came from heaven to earth, he came saying, you've heard it said, but now I say. Now, those who know a little bit of scripture amongst us uh, would recognize that it comes from Matthew 5. And there's, there's a little package of, you may have heard it was said. Matthew 5, 43 says, you have heard that it was said. Love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, he said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Jesus came bringing us heaven's perspective so that we actually get a new way of seeing. We get a new lens on life. He came to give us heaven's mindset and to teach us a language. He came to give us a mindset of love. He came to give us a language of love. But we've all grown up speaking the language of earth. Jesus came to teach us the language of heaven. It's kind of struck me, particularly when we had Larissa come to stay with us. And now we have Luva and Veronica uh, in our community uh, and as part of our church family. And, and it kind of struck me that we're, we're English, and, and that video that Ruth showed um, kind of struck me just, actually, there's only five of us of the hundred would actually speak English. And yet, as English speakers, we've become very lazy, yeah? I became very lazy about learning Ukrainian. And I can't even think, God, Alison, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Nado Branich. And I can't remember what that is. <laughs> is that good night? Nado Branich. Yeah. But we should be seeing the church as a foreign language centre, not for teaching the language of English or Ukrainian, or Polish, or whatever it might be, but to be teaching language of heaven as a foreign language. You see, for many of us, the language of heaven is far from where we are in our daily lives, and the world in general cannot understand us. I think it is foolishness. But there is a way of thinking, a way of seeing, a way of speaking that should be absolutely dominating our life and our circumstances. 
using the mind of Christ, he came saying, what is impossible for man is very possible for us. And he said, all things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. And when he says that, what he means is that we get the easy part. We get just to believe. You see, when we believe, we begin to see something, don't we? When we begin to see something and when we begin to think about something, we can begin to step into it and believe it. And there's a language that comes into our lives that allows us to connect with God because his promises are always yes and amen. He is the one that we can trust. And you see, when we trust, we begin to obey. And when we obey, we see in a new and revealing light the fruits of God's love for us. And when we recognize these fruits, then the relationship begins to really flourish. And we respond in love. We respond in love to the one who first His love for us is outrageous. And I'm not sure that any of us quite grasp that word, what it means for us and the implications that it has for us and for the people that choose to call ourselves followers of Jesus. You see, not only is God outrageous, his outrageous love is in us. So many times we fall down. So many times we don't do a loving or the caring thing. So many times we actively run away. We deceive him, proactively go against him. And yet, and yet, all through history, all through scripture, he pursues us in his relentless love. He yearns for his people who call on his name. He yearns for us to return to him. He continually loves us so that we might love him back and be his beloved children. In learning the language of faith, we have been made by God to think about things in a way that the rest of the world around us wouldn't think about them. In learning the language of love, we have been made to think about things in a, in a completely different way. And it kind of reminded me about Thursday, this past Thursday. One of the members of this church family became unwell and collapsed. A number of things happened. That person was made to feel as comfortable as possible on the floor where they had collapsed. 
modeling what Jesus had taught us, people prayed for that individual. In a positive, proactive, I can't think of the right word, but a blanket was placed over them for both comfort and modesty. When they came round a little, a drink was provided for them. As they were able to sit up on the ground, someone sat down on the floor and acted as a backrest. Others then helped our friend into a chair and further recovery. And then eventually three people drove that person home. And one of our church family stayed in the home with that individual until additional help came. This is the kind of love one another that Jesus spoke about in one of his parables. <clears throat> you see, what we need is a lifestyle that absolutely is dependent on the majesty of Jesus, where we understand that we are the people of the king, and as such, we are kingdom people who have access to a lifestyle that is outrageous. And in that lifestyle, we display the sovereignty and supremacy of Jesus. But that is what we have to offer this world. <clears throat> Go back to the opening line of scripture. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. <laughs> so what this means is you and me, we can no longer be ordinary. You can't be ordinary because you have Christ living in you. And everything about Christ living in you makes you a magnet for everything that is brilliant and extraordinary and outrageous. All of heaven is attracted to the Jesus in you. That is a phrase you've heard me say before, but I say it again today, because all of heaven is attracted to the Jesus in you, and that must make you excited. So we have to come to terms with the fact that we're not on our own. There are two people inside here. One of them is you, and the other <clears> one is the one who never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's always with you and he's here to teach you how to be a citizen of heaven here on earth. And he's teaching you to think and act how he thinks and acts. And he's teaching you to love like he loves. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it really difficult to express love towards some people. I find this that I'm actually quite 
confident that I'm not alone in that fact. And I was reminded of something I mentioned the other week, that actually love is an action. And it kind of reminded me about the story of the Good Samaritan. And again, we acted this out in a um, school assembly recently. What would I have done in that situation? Perhaps my natural worldly reaction would be to walk by on the other side for safety's sake. But you see, the God within me, I now know that I no longer have that as an acceptable option. I have to, in some way, model the love of Jesus that was first modeled for me by him. So the God of possibilities is here to teach you what's possible in every situation so that we have to make every situation that we're in vulnerable to the majesty of God. He turns our not possible to love into, hey, Gary, how about doing it this way? This is a smart way, Gary. Now that's a plan, he says to me, when he knows that I turn to him in obedience. If we don't make ourselves vulnerable to the majesty of God, we will be living before the line of our privilege that he has afforded us. We need to start living above that line of privilege. And that means we see things the way that God sees things and that we have the same mindset that Jesus would have about it. And we have a language that is different from the world. The language of heaven converts negativity into something else way more positive. Yeah? So when life is tough and we're feeling nap and down and whatever, the Holy Spirit within me, I have to reach up and say, how? Do you want me to be in this situation today? And it turns into something way more positive. Heaven's language turns our can't love into a positive expression of outrageous love. Question for each of us today is this. If we recognize that we have the love of Jesus living within us already, what is our expression of outrageous love going to look like on Monday morning when we turn up to our job that we really don't like very much? When we do the tasks around the house, like cleaning the bathroom, that I don't like very much, how are we going to turn that into a positive expression? How does our outrageous love look like an action rather than just a passing thought? Finally, what will you do to proactively learn a second language, the language of heaven?
The choice is yours. We're going to, when I was putting together this session on love and God's gracious love for us, I just felt him say, hey, Gary, I've got a plan. Why don't, why don't you run with my plan? And, and so if you're up for this, we're going to just spend five or six minutes just receiving, um, these were some prophetic words that were outpoured some time ago. But God said, this is the plan that I have for you this morning. So what I'd like you to do is to make yourself sit comfortably, probably close your eyes, and kind of get the impression that you know, when I'm listening to God, kind of need to not slouch in my seat. So if you feel that you're slouching, then just, just make yourself like I'm attentive, yeah? And God's got a gift for us this morning, I believe. Maybe for one or two or three or four, it may be for all of us. But if you want to receive from God this morning, I just suggest that you might hold your hands on your lap in front of you. The Lord says there is nothing that you can do to make him love you more. There is also nothing that you can do make him love you less he loves you because 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 that is what he is like it is his nature to love and you will always be the beloved and his love is unchanging and he loves you 100% he won't love you any better when you become better he loves you 100% right now and even if you have no plans to become better, he will still love you 100% because he loves you because that is the way that he is. And even if you don't want to change, he will love you 100%. Even if you have no plans to walk with him, he will love you 100%. Because that is his nature. He loves all the way, all the time. 
His love is unchanging. What will change, says the Lord, is your ability to receive my love. And this morning, I want to cram some more of that ability inside you. So I challenge you, says the Lord, and you will receive more of my love than you have ever experienced before. I dare you, says the Lord. Come on, open your heart to me. Give me your heart. Give me whatever your obstacle is, because I'll take it. I'll remove it out of the way, because I love you as you are right now. I love you 100% as you are right this moment. I love you as you are. So be loved. You are the beloved. It is your job, says the Lord, to be loved outrageously. It is why I chose you. That is why I sent my love upon you that you would live as one who is outrageously loved. You would receive a radical love, so radical that it would blow all your paradigms about what you think love is. And know this, says the Lord, that I will love you outrageously all the days of your life. Because I don't know how to be any different. This is who I am and who I will always be. This is the I am that I promised you. I am he that loves you outrageously. And you may love me back with the love that I give you. You may love me back outrageously with the outrageous love I bestowed upon you. And know this, says the Lord, you can only love me as much as you love yourself. So my love comes this morning to set you free from yourself, to set you free from how you see yourself, to set you free from the smallness of your own thinking about yourself. My love comes to set you free from rejection and from shame and from low self-esteem and from despair and from abuse. Because when I look at you, says the Lord, I see something that I love. I see someone that I can love outrageously. I have so much to bestow on you, so much to give you, so many places to take you in my heart, but you can't go there 
unless you allow me to love you. And my love for you will break every barrier. It will bring every wall crashing down. And know this, says the Lord, my love damages fear. My love hates fear. My love will fight fear. It will fight fear in you and it will fight fear around you. And if you have fear this morning, says the Lord, then you know that you have a trait in store because my perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear where I am present. My love casts out fear. Beloved, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. And in my love, I want you to feel good about yourself. My love for you is outrageous. So come, come and receive my love afresh today. All you have to do is to say yes. I am here. I am waiting for you to say yes. some of those words have spoken into your heart, into your mind, or into your spirit this morning. If any of you would like to receive prayer afterwards, then come see one, one of us leaders, and we will be honoured to pray with you. leading to our closing worship in a moment. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God is love.